We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, hello, it is Josh Bow, uh, one of the many editors at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you uh, as your host, stepping in for Kirk Henderson, who's still here, but he wrote the recap, so we're giving him a little bit of a break. We're here with Mavs Moneyball after dark. Uh, Mavericks is an annoying watch, but... start and they kind of battled their way back despite a lot of annoying lapses but losing to a fully full strength bucks team when you're missing five rotation players and three starters is nothing to sneeze at really when you consider where the mavericks were uh two or three weeks ago but kirk you wrote the recap what are your immediate thoughts and feelings okay so it's probably good that i had the time to write this because, you know, it's about we're about 15 minutes after game time because I was pissed after the game, just to be honest. Um, that last possession, which Carlisle is actually talking to the media about right now, but I don't really feel like re- hearing his, his uh, you know, Carlisle sell job to whatever his decision was. 
um, really made me mad because for a control freak, that man decided then was the time to let Willie Cauley Stein and Trey Burke make choices. I, I don't, that's not something I'm ever going to, to understand. Um, I said this online and, and I'm going to have, I want to repeat it here. Porzingis' final sh- sh- look was good because it's a wing shot. He's a good shooter, but the shot was crap because he missed horribly despite being open. So like those things together, just, it's a little frustrating. Now, Pulling back, the fact that the Mavericks were down four to five rotation players, depending on your point of view, and really, you know, should have won that game. Uh, the Bucks gave them plenty of opportunities. There's a lot to be uh, uh, excited about there because I think that that game really showed some of the Mavericks' uh, depth, and they got, you know, there's a lot of learning opportunities, I think. And so, you know, big picture, we should probably say there's a lot of positive stuff to take away from that game. Just right now, I think that everyone's going to be very, you know, frustrated because there were just enough miscues to to uh, to talk about. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, they're missing basically three starters because I'm I'm, you know, hundred like almost hundred like ninety nine point nine percent confident that Maxi and KP are your starters because they want Maxi to guard uh, Giannis. So mm-hmm. Willie Cauley Stein would come off the bench, and then obviously I think Josh Richardson and Dorian are probably starting. Uh, and those are all, you know, three of your better defensive players. Those are three, you know, Dorian and Maxi are two more bodies that can rebound a little bit more. Uh, it just, I, I really think if they had their full roster, if they played the same game, they would have won by like 10 or 12. Like yeah, the Bucks were not, you mentioned this online. The Bucks were not impressive tonight. No. Uh, they played with their food a lot in this game. Uh, I was really curious why Giannis, went really long stretches without touching the ball and same for Chris Middleton in a, in a weird way. Like that team has some weird things that they need to figure out because I think they have the pieces, but for whatever reason, they just in these types of tight games or games like this, they, they just look weird. Like there's just yep. something off about them, but yep. the, yeah, go ahead. They, they have a top three, which is really impressive. And then everyone out outside of their top three looked a little confused and kind of out of place. Whereas last season and the season before, they actually had a lot of depth. And so they that just sort of, they, they ran into problems. But even their top three, you know, had up and down games. And I thought the Mavericks really played them, played them admirably. Um, I don't know. I want to, I want to keep with the positive before we get grumpy. I, I, I thought Willie Cauley-Stein rebounded from an early deer and headlights look where Giannis was just running at the rim and he didn't know what to do and ended up playing a really nice game. Um, he still doesn't know how to rebound. <laughs> like just he ball watches like nobody's business. Uh, he ended up with 11 boards, which is a little bit, you know, there, there was a, a couple of possessions where um, what is it? Bobby Portis had like three offensive rebounds on him. Uh, which was a little frustrating, but uh, you know, Rose playing over his head right now, to be honest, it's, this is not what they signed him for. And I think he's performing admirably. So that, that part I think was, was really nice. Um, Tim Hardaway had kind of an understatedly good game. He was really one of the key reasons why they were able to, to, they're hitting big shots with him when they just couldn't get over the, the, uh, the hump when they were at, um, you know, kind of five to six points they pull within two because of a big Tim shot that sort of stuff was nice I thought James Johnson played a really nice game um you know, no rebounds just, though what's that 
He oh, had God, no, rebounds. no rebounds. Look yeah. at the bench rebounds if you have the box score pulled up. Yeah, there, there is nine bench <laughs> rebounds. That's bad. Um, yeah. With a couple of those guys playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. Um, Trey Burke, I wanted to fire into the sun. Uh, yeah, that's that, just me. He was having a good game until the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. And then I don't know what happened, uh, but he went into hero mode. And I think we we got to talk about I know the last possession is going to get talked about to death, but what, you know, rewatching it, it's less like bad. I don't know how much of it was bad process and just bad results because like Trey missed pretty bad. Uh, he was off by a lot. And then, like you said, Chris stops. I mean, he didn't even hit the freaking rim, but I wasn't too necessarily mad about the, how they got those shots. Cause they ran like a nice uh, pick and roll with Trey as a screener. And I like it when the Mavericks do those small, small pick and rolls. But really, to me, the possession that is like I think everyone should be pulling their hair out and screaming about is the one before. I think the one before that where Trey on a yeah, it was like Luca had Luca had been feasting in the post, and Trey Burke just decided to go shoot a ten foot off the glass runner, which rebounded like a Dwight. It went off the rim like a Dwight Powell three point shot. I was furious. Yeah, but, and Luca yeah, is it, calling for the ball, and Trey's going one on three. One of the three being Giannis. It's mm-hmm. like, what's going on there? Yeah, I mean that that it, and and yet we're talking about a bench guard kind of at the end of the game, yeah. and so I'm, I I just I don't know. I he's not so in the game if the team is full strength. So yes, that, he's he's not. I mean, yeah. Brunson. As much as I knock him, Brunson would have kicked him the ball, or Richardson would have made a different decision, got a little further into the paint because he's bigger. Yeah. Um, there, there's just a lot, a lot there. I, I don't, man, I'm struggling with this one because, like, as my wife can attest, like I was screaming at the TV during a few possessions, largely because the Mavericks kept getting within a single possession. I think I'm going to have to go count for the for the numbers post I'm going to write following this because. The Mavericks just had so many opportunities and they did not close. And that I think is really what's going to eat at me. But I, I don't know. I should probably just shush and, and be happy <laughs> with the fact that, you know, they didn't get killed because I thought the coolest section of the game was that second quarter where they were down, they're down 14 points, eight minutes into the second quarter. And Carl threw in, he, he had Porzingis and Luke on the bench. Cause I think he was about ready to throw in the towel. And yeah, he's the, pretty, he was pretty pissed early in that game. Yeah. Oh, because he kept calling timeouts. Yeah. And the rookies, Josh Green and Tyrell Terry and a couple of other bench guys, they didn't really like they only ate into the lead by like five points by the time Luca came back, but they held the line against some Bucks starters. There was one really cool stretch where Giannis had this drive to the rim and Josh Green pokes out the ball from behind which results in uh, Tyrell Terry getting a run out where I thought like Giannis was going to send him into the next time zone. <laughs> yeah. And he just twists a little layup in and it was like, Oh, okay. I mean, so like that was, that was a real cool sequence, um, you know, in terms of keeping the Mavs competitive yeah. and then they I just mean, worked it back in. Yeah. I mean, that was Terry that this was Terry's first non garbage time minutes. And it's in the first half against the full strength bucks team. Yep. And in five minutes, he makes his only shot, a rebound, two assists, and a steal. It's like, like, especially when you consider how that guy has looked up until this moment where he's just like, oh, he's just not, like, he's he's a years, couple years away guy. Like, that was just wildly impressive. Um, yeah. And, and it was good. It was great to see. And I think, 
that that stretch you talk about, and that man, that lineup was so weird. There was some weird spacing going on, and they still managed to hold the fort. There was one, I think they had four guys all standing on one side of, of the court. Uh, and it was just like really, I, I really need to find like a screenshot of that because it just looked really funny when you consider how pristine the Maverick space it can normally be. But I gotta imagine that 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 stretch is gonna leave an impression on Carlisle a little bit. Not necessarily to say that like Terry's in the rotation now or something crazy, but he's just gonna like that's gonna get brought up in film session and rightly so. And I, and I think those guys should feel proud of busting their asses for the five or so minutes that 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 group was on the floor. What did you think about Porzingis' game? Because I wrote about, I just basically wrote some like uh, almost like con, like just blurbs of words at the end of the recap because I felt like it was like four different Porzingis games in one. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, moving aside from the last shot, just everything else. Yeah. Well, I think the first game he came back uh, when he had that first extended stretch of missed time last season. I believe he came back in January after the you know the knee soreness scare, and he had he played his first game back was against the Clippers and the he played like dog shit like he was like two of eleven, he looked terrible and he kind of looked a little iffy the next game and then he kind of got back and I think he looked way better in his first game back because that Hornets team like that was just a perfect game for him to come back because no one on that Hornets roster is that they play in the rotation is bigger than six nine so he just really didn't have to do much um and there like there was a stretch in that hornets game where he got back-to-back threes from the corner and it it felt like a priest like it felt like warm-up shots like he was just he was he basically just had to coast on offense and he was fine uh and obviously when you're playing one of the a top three or top two team in the bucks that's a different case and you've got Giannis, and you've got brooke lopez and you've got uh you know bobby portis who is maybe not a great defender but he's still like an annoying post player like they had more guys that could annoy kp in this game and kp just kind of (laughs) didn't really he just kind of kept going through he just kept putting up shots and i have to like i think the the stretch in the third and fourth quarter where he got into a groove against those mismatches yeah that was really that was like I'm so glad that happened because before that it was, it was very, it was very, very bad. Let's talk about that because it's the kind of shots he was taking. Yeah. I'm using, I'm using my hands. Like people can see me (laughs) and that guy loves bullshit pull-ups more than any big guy I have ever seen. Quit taking. I had somebody point out to me and the person's right. When he's pulling up with his weak hand going left because he wants to pull up. I swear to goodness, this guy is seven foot three. He takes two power dribbles and he gets at the rim. He never does that. Instead, he takes these, you know, one dribble, you know, it's a power dribble, but he doesn't go anywhere. And then he takes a long, like 17 footer. What he was doing in the fourth quarter was calling for post-ups and then turning around and shooting the ball because he's seven foot three. Well, he makes game the game harder for himself than than I, I I really don't understand it because it's one thing if he's taking a real like like a, a catch and shoot shot off of off of the dribble uh, I'm sorry off of like like in the fast break sorry I'm I'm watching Zion Williamson uh, looks like he may have <laughs> like hit a Morris brother in the nuts it's very <laughs> distracting as I'm talking um 
it was it was just something else like watching the quality of shots where you know he he turns around he realizes Dante DiVincenzo is on him and he shoots the ball versus earlier when he has uh you know Giannis on him and he's like I'm gonna power dribble to my left into the help defense and then shoot a shot I just I don't know I, I get he's so talented and the one time he drove he drove soft as hell and got blocked at the rim and I I I, I, I was just very frustrated with his overall game because you can see the talent you can see how good he is but then he does weird things like fly it. He did that weird thing like fly at the rim and cost Josh Green that that layup attempt because he he knocked the ball out. I I, I don't know. I, I overall a very like like just a slightly negative KP game. But he had really good stretches and then outright awful stretches. Yeah, which sounds about right when you're playing a team this good and it's his second game back after not playing since august and having knee surgery and all that stuff so you know this is the kind of stuff that we said the first time he came back to start last season and then the first game or so he came back when he had that other absence and he'll probably just round himself into form because i mean he was he was really good in the bubble and he got really good uh once he came back from that that mid-season injury last season uh so it's just i think it's just one of those things where it's just going to take some time for him uh and especially playing with like some new guys that he hasn't played with before um i i I think i think he'll be fine but i can't like i can't really disagree with anything you said because he did take some some maddening shots and he was (laughs) possessions they're wasted possessions and And they were like quick to they were very like i mean he got 19 shots up in 29 minutes he had but at one point it was like night it was like 17 shots in 21 minutes yes. like it was pretty incredible at one point and there was one possession where luca took a long three where kp was standing at the top of the key and luca really should have passed him the ball but i think luca was kind of tired of his of his misses because his misses were bad um and and you know i i you know that sort of stuff is what it is these guys are they work well together one thing I would just like to see the Mavericks do is try to get Porzingis one of those face-up looks a little earlier or something at the rim. We've not really seen anything at the rim with him yet, and I think it's because they're a little concerned about the physicality. But he's going to have to do this at some point. Like, basketball is a game that's played towards the rim, and he's really good at it. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it was – it's – this feels like super. This feels like a little bit of a nitpicky thing. I mean, the Mavericks where they they lost the game in certain areas, like free throws, a few offensive rebounds. Like I'm sure the internet is going to be like crowing over. Um, at least our our Mavs friends are going to be crowing over the fact that uh, what was it here? Cleveland uh, barely beat. Don't even uh, say it. I don't want to hear his I, name. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Andre Drummond at 33 and 23. Great game. I mean, he play, also played forty minutes. Um, yeah. Hey, he shot he shot above fifty percent. That's something. Uh, he's had a good season. Yeah, I mean, he's a heck of a he's a heck of a rebounder. Um, that's that, and that, and you can see like why people are like, oh, this is something. Like, it's not necessarily that people want Drummond, even though Drummond is like the case in point. People want the Mavs to rebound, <laughs> and yeah. I sympathize with this because a lot of the rebounding problems that the Mavericks have are almost entirely effort related. It's nuts watching them on replays where you see four out of five guys standing. Like Porzingis had eleven boards and he was just caught looking repeatedly. Yeah, no I, one I, on this team boxes out except for maybe Luca. Sometimes, no, 
I mean, none of them do. And, and uh, it's in boxing outs weird in the NBA because heck half the time I feel like they get called for fouls for boxing out. So it's, it is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I think like, I think we could probably walk away from this one saying that there's some things to build on, but it's very frustrating. I mean, the Mavericks have played 11 games and eight of them have been on the road. So it's just like, <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. This is just so wild. Like it's, it's hard to feel like that there's something to take away from this. Yeah, I, I think for me to take away from it is just the fact that they didn't get blasted when they had, yeah. by all accounts, they could have. And they started the game that way, and then they got their way back into it. And we still haven't seen them put together like a complete offensive game in a little in a little bit. And the fact that they're basically – they had this win streak has basically been all defense. And the way they got back into this game was really defense, I think. I mean, I yeah. know the Bucks. The Bucks didn't shoot terribly, but you know, up until those two Middleton back-to-back threes, I was like, man, like they're they're making them work for it, and that's just not something you could have said about this team a season ago. You couldn't like they would have if this was if this team was given the same circumstances last season. I mean, they probably lose by twenty-five, uh, yeah. and if they played as poorly on offense as they did, um, it's a shame that you know you talked about Tim Hardaway Jr. He had a good game, but man, he I think he. I don't think he scored a point in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't remember him playing. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that kind of sucked. And I think that kind of hurt their offense a little bit, but otherwise, yeah, like I'm, I was saying on Twitter, but I'm pretty happy. Like I could not really get mad about the game other than like the annoying brain farts and, you know, 16 offensive rebounds for the bucks. And I think they, what second chance points were 22 to five, like another really stupid lopsided number that you just don't see too often and it's already happened to the Mavericks twice in 11 games yeah um and it's it's weird I don't know how to describe it it's a weird feeling because like it's not good to lose and it's not good to be you know they're six and five and it's just like you want to be like oh you know pat them on the back for for what they did but at the same time like this is just going to be such a weird season where you just can't <laughs> they just can't afford too many pat on the back losses just because no. of the way the season's going to go that's that's probably the most that, that's a good way to phrase that because it's like you you can have some of these be nice to play you know a, a bad eastern conference team doesn't feel, <laughs> feels like we've we, a pretty good you know like competitive series of of games this season there's just oh the nba is good um mm-hmm. i i do i suppose there's really only one other guy we could talk about and i just don't know how to feel about him because i watched josh green play and he is just like a new puppy. He is all over the place. And he makes that cool play, like I mentioned. But then he just gets worked by DJ Augustine on one-on-one play. I mean, the guy had five fouls in 19 minutes. And that's hard. Like, that's kind of hard to do. And it, I, I just, I see the tools. I do. I see the tools for for why the Mavericks are like, oh, this guy could be something if we teach him. Man, it's kind of hard watching him right now. What do you think? Yeah, um, he had some like weird play. Like the when he got worked by DJ Augustine, there was one play in particular where he had a really good closeout and stayed with Augustine. And then right at the very end, as Augustine gets to the rim, he kind of hacks him. And it's just like, oh, like what you played perfect defense for eight sec for eight seconds, and then on the ninth second, you just blew it, which is just like rookie thing. Um, the thing that's concerning me a little bit is he's played three games now where you could say he's been part of the rotation. 
15 minutes Orlando, 18 minutes Charlotte, 19 minutes Milwaukee. Like that's not a lot, yeah. but it's something. Um, he's 0 for 3 on threes. And it's not just that he's 0, like 0 for. He's only attempted three three-pointers in what I'm looking at. Almost, you know, 40-something minutes of play. Yeah. And it's like he, he, he traveled on one where he should have just caught the ball and shot it. Yeah. And uh, I'm not it, looking for huge offense from him but obviously but like coming out of college when you looked at his shot chart he was his numbers at the rim were like i was like is this a joke is this like a prank like he, he was shooting like third like i think he shoots like 30 or 40 percent at the rim in college, I see why. college like the ball like he throws it up like he doesn't <laughs> know what to do with it yeah and i it's get it but but if you if you're going to do that, the whole point was like, well, he had a good season shooting the three at Arizona and he was really good from the corners in Arizona. And it's like, man, if he's awful uh, near the basket and he's only attempted three three pointers in these last three games playing 40 plus minutes or whatever it is like. That's really, <laughs> it's really it just, tough. It, it looks like. <sighs> small sample size theater. Yeah. For 11 games, it looks awful. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, be, I just, I, I'm tired of beating around the bush about it. It looks like ass, and it's, I, I'm tired of people, oh, look at that great play, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to watch him bite on a pump fake, you know, for the 30th time. I, again, I'm being too hard, but it's just, it's when I watch some of these, you know, you watch Desmond Bain, who, oh, you know, our, our guy Jordan's like, well, Carlisle wouldn't play him. I just, I don't, I don't agree. Carlisle plays people who are good at basketball. Right now, be, Josh is showing that he's, he's not that good. He'd be play Bain would be playing right now if yeah. missing five rotation players. That's for yeah. sure. So I don't know. I'm being too hard on him. It is I what know. it is. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get crushed for this. I know. Um, you are. And I specifically, <laughs> t- I, this is your fault. I've been saying like, let's just c- calm it down on the Josh Green discourse. And you're you're like side so side so Bob walking into all the rakes right now. Oh, who the heck do they play next? Let's just go Chicago. see because. Okay, if if I would like to see him play 20 to 20-ish minutes against Chicago. Yeah, and yeah, against the team that's a little weaker and see what he can do. Like mm-hmm. I just I want to see what he can do. And we're getting times and thus far I guess what I'm saying is that what he can do is not really look that good is what I've seen in through, you know, three or four games now. So yeah. that is what And well is. and he's running out of time because I think we're getting close to at least hopefully some of these guys coming back at least the denver guys uh one of them i think it's josh richardson he tested positive for COVID, so he might not be close to being back but finney smith and brunson i would imagine are going to be back sometime early sure. early next week so if he doesn't you know he he's kind of he's on the clock with uh, having his opportunities so that's and that's tough for a guy like him that needs to play through it so it's not an ideal situation but it, it's also like, hey, we got to call what it, it is, what it is, and, it, and it's not good. That doesn't well, mean we think he's going to be terrible for the next no. four years. It's just it is what it is. I, I and I think that's very important to actually say out loud because we watched Willie Cauley Stein absolutely suck for three years. Like that guy <laughs> was objectively bad at basketball. People who say otherwise didn't watch. I watched him play three summer leagues. I watched him play in the NBA. He was bad, actively bad. And and yet he has turned out to be a rotation player. I trust what the Mavericks are doing. So, and you know what? In two years, this may not matter and no. it shouldn't matter. I think that was actually kind of the point. 
I, I just, I think the Mavericks can do something right now. I think they are good enough top to bottom to make an actual honest to goodness finals run. If things bounce right for them, I really believe that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it sounds weird, but this is, this game is pretty good evidence for it. I mean, you're missing three starters. You're missing two key bench guys. Like, and you should, and it's not like it's not like this was like a would have been a fluke. You they should have won. They were playing better than the Bucks for a lot of for most of that second half. Uh, they let yeah. they get away. So I'm with you. But uh, anything else you want to get to before we hop out of here? No, no, we'll be back in uh, like shoo, shoo, shoo. They play the Bulls at three p.m. or at two p.m. on Sunday. So uh, if we have any overseas listeners, hopefully you guys that uh, like to stay up super late or wake up super early to watch these games. We'll get to actually see one of these. So yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, so, well, if that's it, then we're going to get out of here. We've got stuff coming up on the site. Kirk's got the recap on the site. Uh, we'll see what else we can get up uh, over this holiday weekend. Uh, if that's it, it's going to be Josh Bo, Kirk Henderson. You've been listening to Maz Moneyball after dark. Again, the Mavericks lose a heartbreaker to the bucks 112 109 they're now six and five they play sunday 2 p.m against the central time against the chicago bulls and we will see you after that one I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.